0: listening to 247 Real Talk. I'm your host, Julian Perry, along with my guest for this episode. He is a facility consultant and author. He is Scott Milne, and we will be discussing winning the war against covid Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me in this episode of 247 Real Talk.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you here, especially on this topic that's that's really not just important, but at this point critical of this uh, strange times that we live in. And I'm going to jump right into that's it, true. as I always do. So the first question I think I have that all my audience would, you know, would have as well is, I introduced you as a facility consultant and an author. Why is a facility consultant writing a book on on a pandemic, on a medical crisis?
1: Well, I appreciate that question, and that's one of the first things I attempt to explain in the book. As a facility consultant, uh, we have actually been battling bacteria and virus for decades. We use equipment. We use means that haven't been discussed in the media whatsoever um and uh i thought it was imperative to let people know that there are strategies, means, mechanisms and equipment that they may will find very interesting and very useful in their uh fight against this invisible enemy.
0: Okay. So you're like every one of us, so you're, you you know, wake up one day and the world starts to change and people start getting sick and we you know eventually um, you get all, all swallowed up in COVID, especially. I'm in New York City, so, you know, the epicenter of the epicenter at one point. And, uh-huh. you know, you, like everyone else, I'm assuming, you know, experienced the impact of it in one way or another. So, what exactly motivated you, you know, to go in that direction to begin this?
1: Well, another excellent question. Uh, I, as a facility consultant, have many relationships over in China. Our LED light bulbs come from China. They're making lights in every configuration that replace or, or fit into or over. I have some 20 manufacturers over there, and I've been a student of the superbug for years. I'm certified as a, uh, in NORMI, uh, the, the National Organization of Mold Remediators. This is one of the few organizations that test and treat for pathogens. Um, sometimes it's just mold. Other times it's a cola or Simonella or whatever that facility might encounter. And facilities that have sickness, like prisons, retirement communities, in their laundry or in their air or in their gymnasium, they're going to get sued and they're going to lose. You know, they're responsible for the people that live within their facilities. And, you know, some restaurants have had problems with the cola, salmonella, and we have strategies to to eradicate those things. Now, the medical profession, uh, they're extremely busy right now trying to save lives. It would surprise me if an epidemiologist had time to write a book. Uh, That's crazy, but the people need help. So here uh, I sit in uh, December uh, and my uh, my, my manufacturers, my, my subs over there, my friends, are writing emails, broken English, telling me that they're frightened. Their factory may close, and it's time to order lights if I need lights right now. Um, I watched it happen. I know how dangerous this thing is and how fast it can spread. And then it hit in March. And they came back to work like, I guess, in February. I guess they went out in the beginning of February, but as soon as the Chinese came back to work, they weren't pitching LED light bulbs anymore. They had masks for me. They had full suits. They had hand sanitizer. Why am a light bulb efficiency guy? Why am I being offered medical supplies? And then it became immediately apparent we didn't have them, and they were cranking them out. When they came back to work, the Chinese government must have said, don't bother with what you used to make. The world needs this. And boy, did they had goggles, they had shields, they had forehead thermometers for me. They had every medical supply that we needed. And it put me in a strange position. And I'm watching the news and they weren't talking about electronic means to kill virus at all. I mean, how many times can we hear about how to wash your hands and the importance of social distancing? It's important, yes, but there's other methods.
0: Okay, so if there are other methods, and I'm sure we're going to get deeper into that. But like you said, the basic information given out and you know that that has been the catalyst for things like fines and uh, other. Um, punishment, other uh, modes of punishment uh, all have to do with social distancing and wearing masks and and the usual uh, normal cleanliness things that we uh, should adhere to in the time of illness. But um, the other big thing that they're talking about is a vaccine. I really have not heard any huge in-depth conversation about how to kill the virus, and that seems to be where you're coming from. So, if exactly. if we have all these you know, all you know, the the best medical minds and the best uh, government minds collaborating here in this, why is there little or no information about killing COVID? Then
1: that's the motivation behind the book. Uh, I I start the conversation like this: Imagine being drafted into 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 war. It wasn't your choice, but you were drafted. And, and, and they take you and they train you on how to wash your hands. And they, they put you in a uniform, which is a mask. And then they sent you into battle against a, a killer, a tricky, invisible enemy. But they don't give you a weapon on how to kill it. That's what this is like. And I was ripping my hair out, watching the media, scrubbing every channel. Where is it? Where are the people talking about mechanical means to kill virus? The only thing I heard about it was the president suggesting that we could somehow put UV inside of his body, which is a ridiculous recommendation. Um, but he mentioned UV and UV light has been used to kill bacteria and virus in municipal water for 30 years. So your original question was, why isn't everybody talking about how to kill it? And that's my frustration. It comes down to the fact that our government agencies haven't given us the green light. They haven't told us how to kill it. The CDC, everybody's waiting for good advice from the CDC, assuming that any good advice that's out there is certainly going to come from the CDC or the FDA or someone in the government. Where is it? Well, the FDA is responsible for a list that they call the N-list, which is a list that they maintain of disinfectants that are known... Known to kill virus. Now, they haven't even tested these disinfectants on COVID-19. But they put out this list as if this is what we use to kill this thing. And, and it's a list of a couple hundred products. They're wipes and they're sprays. And it, they're known to kill other virus. Sister virus is uh, SARS-CoV. And this one is SARS-CoV-2. But they're all liquid-based. Now, just two weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, they sent out the application to these companies who I'm related to or familiar with or in bed with, in a sense. Um, they sent out the application. Finally, they're going to test their products against COVID-19. We need to know details. H- how much disinfectant? How, how strong does it need to be? How long does it have to sit? how far does UV light need to be away from the countertop? Now, they haven't put out any suggestions that they're going to test equipment to kill COVID-19. And my company disinfects facilities, and those facilities often ask for spray disinfectant because EPA has this list. That's all they've offered. But it's a messy process. I mean, you're in the building, literally spraying. All the surfaces need to be wet. Um, you know, it's, it, it's an obstructive process that is expensive, and there's got to be a better way, and there is. And those are some of the means we're going to discuss.
0: Okay, so how is, uh, since you're talking about UV light, um, how is negative mm-hmm. ionization related to that?
1: All right, we're, we're going to, if we're about to get into it, um, we're going to get into four uh, mechanical methods and, and they're not too complicated, uh, but they're each rather different. And um, we're going to discuss each one and its benefits and its drawbacks. And, and uh, I recommend to a facility that we can make a cruise ship, a hotel, we, we can make them safe, but they need to layer on um, these recommendations. Not only the CDC stuff, that's important too, but there's um, multiple methods beyond what CDC is suggesting. It might cost a little bit of money, but it's worth it to try to make your facility, your restaurant, your health club safer. Okay. So we touched on UV and you asked about negative ionization so first if you don't mind uh, we're going to exhaust UV light a little bit and then we're going to get into negative ionization sure Um, UV light is pretty wonderful um, because it's a whole new world because of the LED chip or diode because of LED they can put sanitation in anything now um, they can put UV light almost into anything. Now, the one caveat with UV light is they don't necessarily want you looking directly into it and they don't want you using it on your skin because it's not good for prolonged exposure to like live under it. But there's still plenty of applications that are perfect to put UV lighting in a place where you don't look into it and it can sanitize your stuff. And I'll run through a, a list of some of these things. For instance, let's start with one of the most obvious under cabinet lighting. Almost under every upper cabinet is a countertop or you know a surface. And your cabinet is two to three feet above that. Perfect spot for UV light. Everything on that surface can be sanitized. Great spot. Put them all over commercial facilities, put them in your home. Now there's all other kinds of little gadgets now. I just got my UV toothbrush holder. It's adorable. You put your four toothbrushes in there, you close a little lid, you push a button, and a UV light glows in there for 60 seconds. You can't see in there, but you know what's happening. You know that the the, the purple light beaming out of this thing is is killing bacteria, which just came from your mouth, which certainly lives on your toothbrush head. Um, I have a UV desk lamp. It has these four retractable retriculating arms, which really can spread across my phone, keyboard, my hands, and it faces down, so you're not really looking into it; it's you know again focused in the right direction. There's now cell phone uh boxes where you you know put your cell phone in there, close the lid, it close in that box and disinfects your cell phone. There's a, a 50 styles makeup bag which is just perfect. It's the right size. It looks like what the ladies used to carry in the 60s. And you open it up and it's filled with LED um UV chips in there. It's got a small battery so it's rechargeable. Cuz LED takes little to no energy. It only glows for 60 seconds at a time. You can put a mask in there, your eyeglasses, your your wallet, your cell phone, your keys. Everything fits in there, and it's good to get some personal s- disinfection going. So UV light is coming on strong. You can find all kinds of products. It is personal wands now. If you're in a hotel, you can sanitize the remote control. So you can find it. And I've, I know it's hard to find, so I put together a website called virusdepot.com, and you can see all these new products. Uh, in one place on my website. Now, you ask about an important one, negative ionization. Now, this one doesn't kill virus. Um, Negative ionization, what it does is it kind of removes those floaters that you know are floating around that room. (laughs) And you know that because when you crack the Venetian blinds and you're in your room or your office or wherever, you crack the blinds, and you get this ray of light, this skinny beam of light coming in the room. And you see all this stuff floating around in there, right? You've experienced that, right?
0: Yes, I have.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, you you must take a second and think to yourself, is all that stuff really floating everywhere? Am I breathing that in always? Yeah. These are skin cells and dust mite fecal matter and dust mite parts dust mites and just these things don't land they don't really have gravity and they even have uh, a resistant minute electronic charge it's like two batteries or i'm sorry magnets if you try to put two magnets together negative to negative right they resist but you flip those magnets around and they attract rather easily magnetic force that element is occurring inside the room and those floaters without gravity the virus are much smaller but they can latch onto these things these floaters as i call them and they won't land you're just going to keep floating they get near a wall and they might come back into the airspace again they're going to be repelled but if you have the right negative ionization which is unnoticeable you can create negative ionization inexpensively and easily. Plenty of home-based, room-based, work based air purifiers do create negative ionization. And boy, when you reverse that invisible, unnoticeable charge, those floaters notice it and they land. They're just going to clear the airspace. And it doesn't take long. The process is remarkable.
0: So you're talking about a basic, um, uh, uh, a decent air purifier should do the job.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you, you get a good one depending on the amount of air you're attempting to begin to purify. Um, I don't want to you know, pitch a particular company's products, but there's a few on the market that offer negative ionization. They offer the next one we're going to talk about, which is PCO, and they offer ozone. And they do a little air filtering. But most people are actually confused about how to clean air. And this is where the experts come in. You can still buy big equipment with thick filters, which are expensive. And they move a lot of air. So they're high energy. They use a lot of energy. Move a lot of air through these thick filters, which you've got to keep replacing. But there's a better way. And that's negative ionization to clear the floaters. And then these next two um, mechanical methods are going to clear odor and kill bacteria and virus. You see, it's bacteria that lead to odor in a health club or a a locker room or, you know, you know, bacteria odor, man. I mean, a bathroom, um, a laundry room, a cat box, all those things, those odors are generated by bacteria. And these next two methods are important, especially when there's virus around. Now, before we get into these new two other methods, <coughs> oh boy, you can't cough anymore without people thinking <laughs> that you you've got it. Okay. Um, before we get into these next two electronic methods, I need to disclose something because the FTC has put out a law that says I cannot, no one can say that they can kill COVID-19 with any, anything. It's nothing been tested yet. It's crazy. It's eight months going by and nothing has been tested to kill this thing. Where is the FDA, CDC? Why are they not testing anything that can kill this thing? We need to know how well it kills it, how long it lasts, there was a study done on the um, Diamond Princess cruise ship, the one that had the infection. 17 days after that ship was vacated, they found live COVID-19 virus. They had to bring in the disinfecting teams and the white suits and the sprays and the fogs to clear that ship of contagion.
0: Okay. Wow. Okay. So that lasted a long, long time, much longer than we would think that it lingers in the air.
1: People don't know that story. Now I didn't say it was in the air space, but it was on surfaces. They tested that ship. I I don't know all the details, but 17 days, that's a number that sticks with you. Um, So that's the importance of disinfecting teams. That's the, problem with opening schools right now we need to find effective means to kill this thing now the same principle to this end list right the fda maintains this end list and they they highly recommend like 280 products that are known to kill other viruses that are similar to covid19 well that's the same principle we're going to use We're going to talk about electronic methods that are can be found in good home-based air purifiers. They can be found in commercial equipment that put out something called photocatalytic oxidation. And I just called it PCO for short because I don't like big words either. And then we're going to talk about ozone, which I consider nature's miracle. But first, let's talk about this photocatalytic oxidation. Oxidation means killing stuff, killing bacteria and virus, killing one cell, you know, you know, uh, problems. Um, what is PCO? What it is really is that it's a specially tinted UV light, and what this UV light is able to do is scramble molecules, or freak them out, in a sense. And this specially tight, uh, tinted UV bulb is in this honeycomb that they push air through. And in the right air filter, they can move some air through this honeycomb of titanium alloys. Again, don't need to get too complicated, but they're freaking out molecules. And when those molecules come back and they do it just right, they're going to come back as certain elements and these elements We call them hydroxyl radicals. It's this family of elements, hydroxyl radicals. One of them, just to give you an instance, is H2O2. Now you can imagine how freaked out molecules could come back as H2 and two O's, right? H2O2, it's pretty simple. It's so simple, you probably have it in your medicine cabinet. It's hydrogen peroxide. And that element in a liquid form is so strong that when you put it on a cut, it's a powerful oxidizer. It'll bubble up, right, when it touches bacteria.
0: Yeah, I've seen that. I use
1: that. That's how powerful an oxidizer is. Well, there's guys diluting that and spraying it all over buildings. We can make it on a molecular level along with other hydroxyl radicals, which will also affect bacteria and virus. They don't like it. They can't live long in that environment. Now, what's nice about these elements is they're also a little unstable, and that's good because once you make an H2O2, it's ready to go back to either H2O, moisture, that's very stable, or it's ready to go back to O2, oxygen. And that one's also very stable. So we've had these means. Uh, you know, we can put this in ductwork. This is, there's no warning about PCO being dangerous around people. So you could use it in a restaurant where people are eating. Now that doesn't make them completely safe, but it's gotta be better than nothing. In South Korea, there was a company by the name of Radic 8 that was just hired to put in a quarter million PCO cells in the ductworks of the buildings there. Have you noticed the uh, success that South Korea is having with COVID?
0: Yes, their numbers seem to be um, unexplainably low.
1: Yeah, they're employing methods that were not. They're doing it in Europe, too. Now, this next one we're going to talk about has some really cool background to it. I believe that ozone, I call it nature's miracle, has much more importance than we know right now when it comes to controlling a virus. So let's first explain what it is. Ozone is O3, three oxygen molecules. And that couldn't be any more natural, right? Three oxygen molecules, that happens after a rainstorm, for instance. Again, you know, the energy in the environment is freaking out molecules out there, and the ozone level elevates a little bit. And I understand that's why people hang out their laundry for that spring, they don't know what it is, but it is something in the environment right after a rainstorm. I understand it's why our sidewalks aren't green is because of this low-level ozone. So it's out there in the environment, but it's not inside our buildings because the air inside our buildings, again, is trapped, and ozone's a little unstable. So although we can create it easily with corona discharge or a lightning bolt or um, you know other means that we have, it doesn't even take much energy to create ozone. It's easy to make. Unless we're making it, it doesn't live inside of our buildings, but it is out there in the environment. Now, ozone also has a dichotomy, because ozone, the weatherman will tell you it's bad. You know, on a hot summer day, they'll say ozone levels are a little high today. I even see it on the highway signs. Ozone is high. Um, stay inside. It's considered a low-level pollutant. And it is created by exhaust pipes and hot weather, and it's trapped on you know near the surface and elevating levels, um, and on hot days. Now the EPA has put out warnings about ozone. That's why we need to discuss this one a little more. Ozone, for extended periods of time, at elevated levels, can be hazardous to respiratory issues, like asthma, or a headache, or a sinus thing, so the EPA warns you strongly. Now, let's talk about those elevated levels. Let's say we've got a scale of one to 10. After a rainstorm, you might be two, right? And they're talking about elevated levels being eight or nine, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. But you can begin to smell ozone at levels of like three or four. And when you're making ozone inside of a space, and you begin to smell it, you know it's time to turn it down. It's not a good smell, it's not a bad smell. It's a smell of like, well, you wouldn't wanna be there. You wouldn't really wanna be hanging out in that space. You know it's, it's working, it's doing its thing, but it's a little too much. So you would either leave that space or turn it down a little bit. And the manufacturers of the equipment that use ozone are very sensitive to the fact that people need to turn it down sometimes or turn it off or not use it at all because their son has asthma. You don't use ozone inside where people are around if your son has asthma. But what's nice about ozone is it's highly effective. It's easy to make. And it's perfect for spaces that are unoccupied. Like when you're trying to knock out the odor in a car. Or if you have a car that's been infected with a COVID victim. Or a hotel room that's been infected with a quarantine victim. Or a bowling alley that just every night you want to try to bring some disinfection to. Or a bar because you want to zap that disgusting, yeasty, you know, odor that's caused by bacteria and people. Um, you want to zap that odor, but you want to, now you want to, you want to kill virus. So I think airports should use it and airplane manufacturers should use it between, between loads, you know, people loads. You can find a myriad of, of uses to use ozone to kill virus when there's not a lot of people around and people, well, consultants, that work within facilities. We teach facility operators how to use these various mechanical means. I've worked within retirement communities that want to kill bacteria and virus, and maybe the odor, but they want to bring health to their facility. And you'd be amazed at the uh, sickness level, how it drops when they introduce low levels of ozone into this space. Maybe they turn it up a little at night, but they're using only low levels and the sickness seems to, to drop in that facility.
0: All right. So let's, um let's, let's offer a little help to the average, for instance, the average homeowner who's maybe has central ear in their home. Uh-huh. Right? What, 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 you know so we got all this duck work running through our homes and right um and maybe someone in the house had covid or are we concerned that you know someone comes by and you know they cough they sneeze whatever but for basic you know house to house uh contribution to eradicating this is there something that can be done in terms of the ear that's being circulated in the home
1: yeah sure um again this Virus is, is important because it's here with us now. But there'll be possibly another super bug around the corner. There are flu bugs and other viruses that we live with all the time. Um, it's important that we bring some disinfection and some sanitation to our everyday life, whether COVID is with us or not. You've asked about how to treat a home. Now, we have to be careful with ductwork because, first of all, Only 70% of the homes heat and cool with ductwork. Many use radiant floor heat. They don't even need air conditioning. But think about it. Your heat, and your air conditioning are not always on. And if they're not, that means you're not getting any disinfection that week, that month. And disinfection, a little bit of it, can be brought into your everyday life with the right home-based air purifier. Again, the one I'm thinking of treats 3,000 square feet. It's on the website. Um, they're about $550, because everyone's curious as how much is this gonna cost me. And it will run 24-7. It brings a little bit of filtration, but it brings this PCO all the time. It's always on. Now, if you want a little ozone, this is the device that can bring a little bit or a little bit more or a little bit less. When I have the windows open, I turn up the ozone a little bit because it's just kind of naturally going out, you know, um, and so again, some people don't want ozone when people are around, but if they're going to the movies, why not turn up the ozone and then you just turn it down when you get home and open a window if you can smell it and you might, and that's okay. But you open a window and it'll go away in a matter of moments. So it's a, it's a shelf based size of a bread, bread box system. And, um, it's easy to use effective. You don't have to clean it much because it's not based on filtering the air. It brings negative ionization.
0: And you don't want to name it, do you?
1: What's that? Oh, well, there, there's actually a few manufacturers that take the same type of equipment and label it privately. The manufacturer that I rep for is named Green Tech. So I don't mind. When you go to my website, you're going to learn about the Green Tech 3000. I'm just always careful i don't I don't like to be a salesy person, <laughs> so um you can find this this unit under other names, but what you want to look for is that negative ionization and the choice of ozone if you're stepping out. but in this day and age, a little bit of ozone in your airspace can be nice. Now, I'd like to spend just a minute, if I could, talking about the mystery of ozone and what's happening in some clinical studies that are beginning to study ozone. Now, I found this when I was doing the research for the book. Um, I was writing this book just to teach people how to use air purification. But when I began to study ozone more, there was a hospital in Madrid, Spain, by the name of Paloma, and they took saline solution which is common it's not dangerous people put saline solution in, you know in their bodies all the time in the hospital but they used ozone to bubble through it they infused i don't know how they did it but they infused saline solution with ozone they made 600 bags of this they treated 87 covid victims now these were people that could no longer stay at home they were drowning in their own lungs. They were near ventilators, near death. And they began treating them with this therapeutic, along with normal therapeutics. But these patients began to get better right away. And within three days, their inflammation in their lungs was down. They were able to take them off of conventional meds. Within five days, they began releasing some. Within 10 days, they were all released. Nobody died. Nobody had to go into a ventilator. Even the nurses and doctors were taking this harmless saline solution because they were taking it as a prophylactic. None of them came down with COVID-19. Now, I'm real careful to stop here and say that I'm not claiming this is some miracle therapeutic. Ozone has been studied to kill bacteria and virus in many settings for 40 years. This study needs to be looked at by the universities because I don't know that the pharmaceutical companies are going to study this. If you can't make a pill out of it or a shot out of it, I'm afraid the pharmaceutical companies don't care. Everyone's relying on them to make this miracle vaccine. They might be overlooking something else natural, something important, something that the pharmaceutical companies can't make a trillion dollars off of. It might be ozone. I said if President Trump knew about this study when he recommended people drink bleach, actually he said ingest a disinfectant, he would have probably given up his Vegas casino had he known about this study. In a sense, this is almost ingesting a disinfectant. When he looked at Dr. Burks and said, you know, look into this, did she? It wasn't hard to find. <laughs>
0: right, now, well, I think that... Right? Go ahead.
1: Pretty remarkable, right?
0: Yeah, well, I think that Nobody's- um, if people, I think that <clears throat> there, you know, there is, uh, and I'm thinking of of the audience response to this podcast and and this information, and I'm sure everyone who listens to this will kind of. Um, Know, start looking at research and start. You know, really, really, ha- it's really food for thought. But I think that it is difficult for the 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 patient or the end end of the line person, which is us, the population, to Agreed. to yep. to even digest this, much less going. You know, figure out which direction to go in, considering that here in New York City, at the height of the pandemic, we were almost at a thousand deaths a day and you know, you're scrambling and I'm saying this to you as I had COVID, I, you know, I I made it through it. It was probably most a horrific illness I've ever had so far. Don't want to even know what it feels like. Again, don't, you know, I've I've described it enough in various podcasts for people to understand that this is, it's, it's not a joke. It's, 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 you know, no, it is it's not. Very, it deserves it's, our respect. Yes, it's very the the what it does to you physically and everywhere else is 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 absolutely horrid. But um, you know I when got. The book passed, gets
1: into all kinds of personal strategy. It also gets into the immune system. Yes, and the importance of the immunity. And if I can send any other message, I like to send that message about ozone because I'm hoping the right people pick it up.
0: Oh, that's uh, people why I that have
1: the ability to yeah. study this killer virus.
0: And that's where I'm leading to in the sense that um as I get down to the few remaining points that I want to um, make sure that we cover here, mm-hmm. the challenge has been, and I've seen it around the country, but I've also seen it a lot in New York uh schools. And, right. you know, it's, it's, it's a multi-layered challenge. It's, it's,
1: well, it's a
0: challenge at the White House, apparently. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> that's funny, actually. My <laughs> think but, about it. Yeah, but it's, it's a challenge in the sense that we have, in addition to, and I was on a um, parent-teacher's uh, call a couple of months back when, when the school was trying to figure out, you know, how to approach this, you know, with the, the, the objective of having some, you know, a hybrid of some in-school and some home and That's right. I was on the call as a survivor of COVID, and I listened to a parent who said she was so angry because our kids get flu and all this, and why are we doing this? And you know, it, it, it's all oh fictitious God, and it's a lie, and you need, need to do your research. And I'm I'm sitting there quietly it, seething because I know that ugh. I could have gone. You know, I was at a tipping point at one point. You know, I, I'm lucky that I didn't get the, the, the debilitated by the respiratory part of it because but i was i think i was close cuz i went through you know probably more than 7 days with over 105 fever that just would not break no matter what i did and so you have that you have that issue and this is parents now and then you have kids of all ages no, you. you know I, some of the that's kids that's
1: part of our problem here in the US and that's discussed in the book yeah the fact that but, um we've got two messages going on and that's not helping us
0: but the point i want to make is you have K, like you know, K through uh, twelve, or whatever the grades are, and so you have kindergarten kids who, no matter what you do, they cannot adhere to you know the, the, these rules. Right. It's impossible. So, what can right. from the perspective of environmentally, you know, understanding that right. there's things we can't control, what can be done in the schools?
1: Excellent question. I mean. I, I've done, again, I've done this in my book because uh, everybody's saying, what can I do in my health club? What can I do in my restaurant? What can I do in my retail store? What can I do in my, ma- my meat packing plant? What can I do in my retirement community? But the school is critical. And it was done wrong, in my opinion, done poorly. Um, there could have been a much more regimented process to keep administrators and children safe. The safest way I could think to do it, and again, I'm just the opinion of one expert, but man, they needed to bring in more experts (laughs) because I, I came up with the idea of a hybrid learning where you leave the building open six days, you fog, disinfect the seventh day, Now, during those six days, you divide the student body into three sections. Now, you bring them back two days a week for like only three to four hours. And the students don't move. The teachers do. But it's something. The rest of the time, they're at home. There's three days learning at home. There's two days in these short four-hour spurts at school, Um, And the the school is down to a third of its population. They're putting classrooms in the natatorium, the gymnasium, the cafeteria, which isn't being used for for food anymore. They're moving the, the teachers behind plexiglass, and the students don't share a thing, including that desk. Every night, those spaces are disinfected with ozone generators. Ozone is known to kill. HIV, uh, Ebola, uh, tuberculosis. Um, It kills SARS-CoV, but it's never been tested on SARS-CoV-2, and that needs to happen as soon as possible. Um, But there are means to keep those facilities safer, and the CDC did not come up with these, what some people might think are militant suggestions, but. This is a war we're fighting against a, a killer, invisible virus. Uh, we need to be more militant.
0: Okay, so I think that, you know, that is also going to spark conversations with my audience because, you know, it's it's a major issue <laughs> for most parents, and, and I have two young kids, and uh, believe me, teleschooling and having two kids teleschooling at the same time, There, I think up to today I said to one of them, I can't wait till you get back in school. You know, this is driving me crazy. But at the same time, I'm really hesitant, even under the, under the best of promised conditions, to have them go there because having experienced COVID as an adult... Having a child experience yeah. that who you know, can't even verbalize what they're feeling, I can't imagine. It's it's it was a real suffering of an illness, and, and I'm not saying that there aren't tons of illnesses out there um, that are that are much worse. I'm just saying that this, in its own, in its own way, is just as devastating as as many other illnesses. Um,
1: Julian, this is important. We lost four hundred Americans in World War II. 400,000, 50,000 in Korea, uh, 60,000 in in Nam, 10,000 missing in action. We're up to 200, almost at 225,000. What would we have done to avoid a World War II? What would we have done? I mean, come on. What sacrifices did we make to try to minimize the death of World War II? We can't pull together to pull this off. It's it's
0: unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, well, there, as you and I both know, you know, there it's 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 a complicated issue. You, taking an illness of this magnitude, that's that in its own in its own way, in its own uh, manner, is is complicated. Add politics and profit and all those things, <sighs> and, and, and you create an environment that's not about the people anymore. It's about, unfortunately, what happens in. Many societies, you know, the 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 need to take care of people gets skewed, uh, uh, skewed, skewed, I should say, by the you know all these other uh, dynamics that you know people people gain from in even in even the worst of times. And I'm not gonna elaborate on that we because you know, that yes, we can definitely do better. But so imagine
1: I'm, our local health departments that are beefed up with three times the staff, and and educated quickly. Those health people come into the school, they say, you can't open this school until I see opening windows here. What do you mean opening windows? Oh yeah, your school building has windows that don't open. We want them to open before you let students back in this building. That's asking an awful lot. Apply for the federal funding and install new windows. What else are you doing? Are you bringing in the men to spray fog? Well, no. Well, yes, you are. Are you you bringing in mechanical means to kill this thing? Well, we don't know about that. Well, we're going to teach you how to kill virus with mechanical means. Let me see the UV lights in the kitchen. Well, we haven't installed it apply for the federal funding, and install UV lights here, 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 and here. Well, that, and you can't open until you, you
0: do. Yeah, but Scott, you have to understand you know? that, that that goes back to what I just mentioned before, and that is, especially for instance, New York, you know, I'm not placing blame, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm, I don't have enough information to even begin to have that kind of uh, expert opinion, but... You know there is an issue in New York where we're not getting federal funding. You know there's there's more political fights oh, going on. Oh, I know, on. I know. So well, well, so well, the schools are here though. The, the schools are dealing with <laughs> the schools are dealing with it. Yes, people there are layoffs of government employees. It's it's like a war zone in its own in its own right. You know, there's all these dynamics Remember right he said here.
1: That's that's what I would like to see happen. That's what should be happening. There should be some money available for businesses and schools to begin to equip themselves. There should be money available for certain bars and restaurants that, that just can't, can't go outside, can't install opening windows. They maybe get paid to stay closed. Um, you know, again, certain spaces are notoriously hazardous. Some are mandatory. They can't close the prison. You can't close a retirement community. Um, but let me tell you what they did with the meatpacking plants. Um, they issued CDC recommendations when outbreaks began occurring at meatpacking plants. And as you studied the language that came from the CDC, it seemed very wish-washy or soft. It would say things like, uh, separate employees uh, at a six-foot, but if you're unable to, or, or wherever possible wear masks whenever feasible um you know open um you know window open doors if possible every recommendation had this caveat of whenever feasible if possible um if you're able to it it allowed an out they didn't have to do anything it didn't suggest that they must do anything Four months later, the real CDC report was issued. I don't know who changed it, but the real CDC report had none of those wish-washy words in it. If possible, whenever feasible, where possible, it didn't contain those words. They were straight-up recommendations that they wanted them to do.
0: Yeah. All right, so... so, um, yeah, there's there's some issues. Yeah, so we, we you know, we this is a conversation obviously that can, you know, that in, in this time and based on everything that has occurred and, and the, you know, the loss of human life and the pain and the suffering can go on forever. But, I'm, I know. you know, as I, as I wrap this up, I'm going to ask you a couple of um, important uh, questions or I get to get some information sure. from you. To, and the big, you know, the elephant in the room is, and from your perspective, not from... You know, as as someone who's done your own studies in this, we all have different opinions. But from your perspective, when do you think this will be over?
1: Well, good question. Uh, excellent question. Business owners trying to figure this out. Hotels are 25% occupancy and, you know, businesses are distraught. When are people going to feel comfortable in shopping again, eating again, traveling again? The vaccine is important. It's an important first step, and how it rolls out is critical. If the scientists roll this vaccine out and they take their time with it, um, people will trust it more. But they may have to take it twice. That's 670 million doses. The vaccines they're developing, they might need to be stored at 70 below zero. Three of the six that are developing or four of the six need to be stored at these incredibly low temperatures. The distribution of the vaccine is critical. It hasn't been funded yet. Nobody's working on it. I mean, they need to put in distribution systems now. So if the vaccine is going to probably come spring or summer of next year, and when it comes, that's only the first step. Um, we came with a uh, smallpox, I believe it was, vaccine. It took four years to get it into the population. Smallpox was scary. When they finally found a vaccine for it, it was like a celebration. Four years it took to get it into the population. So hopefully we do a much better job than that this time. But this fear might kind of remain with people a little bit. They'll remember this one. That's why I say to a restaurant owner, install some means to uh, be visibly better than your competitor. People are going to know when they walk in your restaurant, they're safer. They didn't have to touch anything in the bathroom. They didn't have to touch the faucet, the hand dryer, the soap, even the door. Everything was automatic. When that begins to happen at restaurant after restaurant, if you don't do that to your restaurant, people are going to be grossed out in there.
0: But, you know, so, there's something that comes to mind, a um, couple of things you know, based on what you mentioned. Yeah. There's, I heard today in the news the two major drug companies are, that are working on this vaccine. First of all, they said no way it's going to be here before the election. They said the earliest yeah. um, November. And I have to tell you, again, as someone who, who had COVID, um, I'm not, I'm one of those people who is, I'm just not ready to trust something like, like a vaccine in November. And I tell you, you know, there is, we, we, we've learned over time that, and I've got a lot of people in the medical profession in my family. And when I have right. conversations with them, they say, you know, one of the most dangerous things they believe as medical profession, that professionals that's happening is the acceleration of the process to get this vaccine. With the understanding that we're in a pandemic and we need something and we need something soon, but, Skipping steps or trying to, to to circumvent what has been studied to be a, a painstaking process for obvious reasons, it yeah. as you said, does not gain the trust of the public because when you start to roll out a vaccine like this, all it takes is for one or two people to be able to publicly say, This thing made me horribly sick and all the momentum that you've oh gained God. is gone
1: especially with misinformation channels as wide open as they currently are, that has the potential to stop November 3rd, honestly. Um, I, I want to be careful with what I say, but um, a new administration understands to let science lead. Science has to lead this vaccine release. They have to. And if they don't, half the population won't trust it. But there's the other but concern that
0: we live in an age of of you know social media and 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 it's it's hard sometimes to when when I see things, when I I am online, I'm reading news, et cetera, it's very difficult at times to differentiate what is true and what is not. So even for for someone's sick purpose of creating havoc, they put a false story out there and this is done.
1: Well That's going to end, um, again, November 3rd. I mean, not end, not so quickly, but honestly, there's ways to shut down um, foreign influence in our social media channels. And you will see all kinds of steps to make that happen. Never again. We have people interfering with our elections.
0: But Scott, I'm not Um, even talking about... Hang on a second, Scott. I'm not even talking about from a political perspective. I'm saying, you know, so we we can read and it's available on, on the internet where I'm just going to give a hypothetical here. Uh, let's say it takes a year from, from the time you start working on a vaccine for an illness through the normal steps that have been set up by the various health governing bodies before it becomes a vaccine. And then, uh-huh. so I, I take the vaccine. I I'm, I'm all for it. I go, I get the vaccine and I have, uh, let's say I, I, I normally get asthma and I, and I take the vaccine and, and I happen to do something else the same day, but the result is a massive asthma attack. Uh-huh. All it takes is for that message to go back to somewhere in social media that says, don't take this, man, because I haven't had asthma for the longest while I took this thing and I almost died. And you have, you've begun well, the derailment process because, and again, because it has been rushed so far, you, you, you're there.
1: Well, that's what has to stop November 3rd. And I think you'll notice the rush will be over. There'll be, there'll be nobody in, on the bully pulpit, the most important megaphone in the world. There'll be nobody there saying, rush this thing. Trust me. The scientists will take that bully pulpit, and they will say, please be patient. Please be patient. We're doing the best we can. Please be patient. And then people will begin to get impatient in the spring of 2021. There were people saying it would be done last year. Where is it? And they're finally going to come. And they're going to come with it, and hopefully they'll have a good one. It'll be very effective. And then you might have this happen. Sure, welcome to Cancun. May I see your inoculation paperwork?
0: Right, right, right. Yes.
1: You right. want to travel to Italy? You want to apply for this, you want to do that. We would like you to be inoculated.
0: But either way we're I talking about we're talking about living in this new normal for at least a couple more years before we can even begin to use the word going back to or going to the the next level of new normal because there's no going back. I don't think there's you know the whole world has changed well, and it, out of every treated. out of every I want to say out of every negative, there's always a positive. And I think that uh as as a as a technical person myself, one of the things I have seen is that it you know, this has also this pandemic has also pushed people people's creativity in other ways. And, you know, I don't want to always talk about the negative, you know, in the sense that there's so much teleworking going on that we realize that we can actually have better quality lives and still, you know, in in my job, for instance, um, the the productivity level has gone up with teleworking. And, you know, it it was something that we, we tried to sell, to, to you know to others for the longest while that it was a good move to make and everybody was hesitant to do it and then life sort of forces us into this new world and we find out that you know the only thing that stopped us from making these advances years ago was our unwillingness or an ignorance or you know or, or whatever you want well, to call how about,
1: it. How about medical telehealth? <laughs> yes. Let me give you another example. I talk in the book about this is the time to reinvent. Man, whatever your industry you're in, it, can you make a virus-free microphone? Can you make a virus-free kitchen utility? Uh, uh, you know, can you make virus-free anything? I've just—I'm re- very proud as I've just received my first patent. I believe I have reinvented and made a virus-free hotel room. The travel industry is being crushed. People would never want to sleep in a bed that was likely occupied by another person last night. You know, what did we just talk about the Diamond Princess cruise ship? This is dangerous. What I've done is created a product we call the Elite Room. It's a 10-step patented process now that brings dramatic disinfection and spa-like amenities. Uh, I'll run a few, through a few of them. First of all, we obviously treat the room with ozone between guests. We blast it. We also fog it with a botanical disinfection. We also have a hydrotherapy showerhead in there that takes the chlorine out of the water and puts in uh, essential oils and an aroma like lemon mango. It's Oh, and the stream and the shower is just, that's why we call it therapy. Um, We have advanced air purifier in there that does UV and negative ionization to make those floaters land. And we've also wrapped the bedding, not just the the mattress, but the box spring, in hypoallergenic insect infestation bedding. It's an expensive upgrade, but it's important. And the pillows, by the way. We've upgraded the lighting. For more relaxation, we've upgraded the amenities pack to include two face masks. It includes earplugs. It includes a sleep mask on uh, natural cosmetics and the good ones. You know, all four, and it includes also uh, hand wipes that you can take with you. Like, so it's got PPE in it. So tell us, There's a dawn simulation alarm clock and um, a. a a room entry tape that you literally break the tape when you walk into your room because you know, it's sanitized for your stay.
0: Right. So tell us what's the name of the book and if it's out, where, where can people get the book?
1: Yeah, the book's called uh, win the war on COVID-19. Uh, I'm on Amazon. The audio book I hope will be done in about a week, but they take some time with that. Uh, but it's out on ebook and paperback on Amazon right
0: now. Great, great, great. And then I should tell my audience that all of the information on Scott's uh that Scott has spoken about and um the ability maybe to get a copy of the book of your own and to see the resources, all that will be in the body of the podcast uh episode when it when it's released. So you should, you know, um follow up on these things because we are in a an environment that you know, for the foreseeable future is our norm. And yeah. um you have to say, you know, I, I have spoken to the various people about COVID and they've had various opinions, but this is the first one that's been a very nice mixture of, of normal life, common sense, and science. And so I thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show, for sharing this information, this really critical information. I know some people might hear the technical parts and, and, and maybe a bit confused about it, but you broke it down a way that I'm hoping that they all get, you know, what they're, what you're referring to. And they go to the website, et cetera, and they gain more knowledge about this because it comes down to our own responsibility for ourselves to keep ourselves safe. We can't, at the end of the day, right. you know, each person has a role to play here. And, and, you know, one of the things that you did say that isn't the unfortunate truth is we're dealing with a pandemic and, and for most of us in our lifetimes, we've never dealt with it before, but this is the first, but in the way the world is going, it's not the last, even in our own um, lifetime. So
1: let's hope we don't see another one for a long time, but it's important that we understand how to defend ourselves because it's empowering. I mean, you know, this, you know, killer is out there and we have no way to defend our home our children our car ourselves you do you have a way to defend your car your space your home yourself and some of this equipment is very affordable um and uh it's empowering to know that you're doing something
0: to fight back yes and, and so thank you so much for sharing that information again and um <laughs> No problem. We, you know, I, I, I hope that we've done a lot of good tonight. And, you know, maybe I'll have some follow-up uh, questions that may prompt uh, another conversation and another episode at some time in the future. So
1: anytime we want to talk about the environment or efficiency or COVID, I'd be happy to, happy out, happy to help you out. Uh,
0: thank you so much, Scott. Thanks again, and have a good night.
1: You too. So long.
0: a very special thank you to Scott Milne for giving us a really insightful look into the COVID-19 pandemic and ways that we can keep ourselves safe in this uh, new normal of a pandemic and in the environment we live in today. I also want to thank all my audience and my supporters for your continued support of this podcast, reminding you that you can listen to every and any episode on your favorite podcast app, Or you can head over to the website at www.247realtalk.net. If you'd like to send me a message or if you'd like to be a guest in the show, you can email me at podcast at 247realtalk.net. That's podcast at 247realtalk.net. Until we do this again, take care of yourselves and each other.